Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. Papa? Were you and Mama fighting last night? Why do you ask that? We were both talking really loudly. I couldn't sleep. I'm sorry. Sometimes your Mama and I just disagree about things, and we have to talk it out. Yeah, but maybe do it more quiet when I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) We can do that. Thanks, Papa. Now, are you ready for this week's story? Sure, Papa. Let's go. Let's go. A Marriage Scrabbled the way we use our words. Scrabble is a game of words, and there are two different ways in which people play it. There are people who play to win, and there are those who simply enjoy forming fun words like dream and apple. My wife likes to have fun while playing this game. I, however, exist solidly in the play to win camp. This does not mean I am an excessively competitive player, or even extremely accomplished at playing this board game. But I do consider myself a bit of a purist. There are rules to this game. They are conveniently printed on the inside of the box. I'll sum it up. The goal is to score the most points. In other words, to win. For those of you who do not claim the mantle of Scrabble nerd like I do, (laughs) it is important to note that the total points awarded for each word is not necessarily commensurate with how elegant or creative that word happens to be. Hmm? Although it may seem unjust, style and originality count for little in a game of Scrabble, Hmm. whereas spatial strategy, rote word memorization, and a bit of number crunching will win you the game every time. For instance... It is very likely for a player to earn more points by strategically playing a weird two-letter word like key, spelled Q-I, than by putting forth a far cooler word like Aurora, which no matter how amazing it may appear in the night sky, is made up almost completely of lame, low-scoring vowels. For more aesthetically inclined people like my wife, though, The manner in which I play Scrabble is not only boring, it is downright close to cheating. (laughs) Clearly, she did not bother to read the inside of the box. To her, playing a word such as Aurora Aurora. is an incredible move. In doing so, she is creatively representing in small plastic tiles a natural wonder that inspires both the mind and the soul. To me, it's just six paltry points on a Scrabble board. My turn. 
I, too, get a thrill in forming a super cool word from the available letters in my tray, but that joy is only fully realized if that same word achieves a high score, which of course is the entire point of the game in the first place. For example, one of my crowning Scrabble achievements came a few years back when I played one of my most favorite words in the English language, which, despite its dubious provenance, is very pleasing to speak and hear. Close your eyes for a moment and say it with me. Chlamydia. Chlamydia is a perfect word. It flows lightly from the lips. The traditional ch phoneme, which begins this noun, is subtly transformed by the soft l, which immediately follows it. It is both surprising and unique in form and spelling. In some alternate dimension, which I'm sure only I have imagined, chlamydia is no longer a sexually transmitted disease associated with unshaven, wayward sailors, but rather a rare species of purple orchid, which achieves full bloom only when exposed to the light of a waxing harvest moon. Let's try it again. Conjure this precious flower blooming in your mind's eye and under the moonlight in some ancient forest. Whisper its name silently to yourself. Chlamydia. As you do, imagine that its graceful petals vibrate, as if responding to your perfect human call. My absolute thrill in putting this consonant-heavy word down upon the Scrabble board one day was made far sweeter by the fact that it earned me a solid 70 points and a disgusted look from my wife, who did not share my twisted delight. <laughs> Despite linguistic triumphs like this, or maybe because of them, my wife has more or less refused to play Scrabble with me for most of our marriage. I get it. I really do. I sometimes focus so much on scoring points that I forget to have fun, and thereby steal the fun of others too. I forget, worst of all, that Scrabble is a game meant to bring people together for conversation and laughter around the board between us. That the real focus is not the letters on the board, but rather the interaction of the people who are playing. The way my wife and I play, or don't play, Scrabble together says a lot about how we communicate as partners too. It speaks volumes, not only to the words we say to each other, but also to the manner in which those words are delivered. In fact, almost all of our minor spats and most of our major arguments are born not of something one of us did or did not do to the other, but rather the words we used and the way we used them. Communication between two well-meaning people is fraught with potential misunderstanding. Phrases like, I love you, or can you forgive me? may carry an unintentional negative message when they lack a loving or forgiving tone. I've lost count of the number of times that I have pissed off my wife by saying the right words in the absolute wrong way. I remember returning home one evening after a very long shift at the hospital, only to discover my exhausted wife attempting to wrangle our two berserker children into bed. One was screaming, the other was growling. Both were also somehow crying. 
My wife was awkwardly holding a bottle of milk for our thirsty son while translating a gripping Peppa Pig story written in Spanish back into English for our rebellious bilingual daughter. Having worked her own full day, listening to and helping people with their own dire problems, my wife was clearly exhausted. When we locked eyes, she flashed me a silent, Please save me from these children plea. Despite the urgency of her expression, though, the entreaty barely registered in my brain. Bathed in sweat from the bike ride home that ended with a steep hill, I forgot to kiss the woman who I had married just four years earlier. It was a sin that I had been guilty of before, and I had promised not to repeat. I just need a little sweetness from you at the end of the day. She has often requested of me. A sweet smile, a sweet touch, and yes, a sweet word too. Instead of a sweet gesture, I grunted flatly and without any sweetness at all. Hello, how are you? even though the answer was quite clear. Without waiting for a reply, I turned my tired body toward the bathroom, leaving a scattered trail of scrubs, socks, and underwear in my wake. It was an opportunity lost to communicate words through the chaos, despite how tired both of us felt. My worst communication offenses, though, have been the times in which I have withheld my words completely. In those moments, when I am so deeply ashamed of something I have said or done, and too stubborn to admit it, I have often retreated. I have sat there in my obstinate fortress with my arms folded tight across my chest, staring at the ceiling, refusing to discuss or even meet my wife somewhere in the emotional middle, trying to win when there could and should not be a winner at all. I have forced her to be the bigger person, to offer up on a platter the meaningful words that would somehow bridge the gulf between us. In our home, though, faulty communication is not limited to just the dad. From top to bottom, we are all guilty in some fashion of messages of the heart somehow becoming lost in translation. Although she is usually fair and diplomatic, my wife is prone to hyperbole. When she is impassioned or otherwise incensed by my questionable behavior, something which I did somehow becomes something I always do. An egregious yet isolated spousal insult may be described as routine when she feels like her back is against the wall. In those moments, I feel like I have no choice but to defend myself against the amplification of her feelings. Once again, we find ourselves in a standoff of wills and words withheld, with no scrabble board in sight. The kids, too, have picked up through either genetics or observation on many of my bad talking habits, too. When life displeases them as it so often does, they react with whines, screams, and grunts, rather than words to describe their displeasure. In return, I plead with them to simply use your words, but I am screaming as I do it, so the message for calm is either lost or entirely misconstrued. Our exchange more or less devolves into a pissing match between two equally obstinate Neanderthals, arguing over which shape would make the best wheel, a triangle or a square. <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. 
It turns out in situations like this that the most important words we use are actually the ones we speak silently to ourselves. There are words of understanding, of forgiveness, of sacrifice, and of love. These days, before I open my big mouth, I do my best to hear my words in my mind first, to imagine how exactly they may be received by the people who matter most to me. Even if I am screaming like a raving maniac in my head, <laughs> I sometimes manage to speak and listen like the perfectly reasonable adult that most people so wrongly assume I am. This method of harm reduction is not always successful, but at least it gives me and my family a fighting chance to work it all out before complete chaos ensues. We are all learning how to be better in this crazy clan of ours, one word at a time. A few days back, my daughter completely surprised me in this way. I had somehow managed to quell my own crazed emotions as my two kids fought around and through me. As I separated them, I asked her quite calmly, do you think there might be a better choice here than screaming your head off right now? She looked me right in the eyes. She instinctively knows that it's harder to stay mad when you view somebody in this intimate way. We can talk it out, Papa. She mumbled through closed teeth. In the history of conflict resolution, this acknowledgement was akin to walking on the moon. As painful as it sometimes is, the only way to have a good marriage or any kind of relationship for that matter, is to simply sit down and use your words, even when all you desire is to check out. And so it went a few weeks back when once again I was completely losing my pandemic mind. My wise wife could see what was happening, and she immediately banished the kids to their room with the iPad and strict instructions not to come out. <coughs> she then said the most surprising six words I had heard in the six years we had been married. Hey. Do you want to play Scrabble? In the history of crazy husband pacification, this question was akin to walking on Mars. We sat down, she and I, with that problem-plagued board between us. We talked. We laughed. I helped her make some decent words when she was having a hard time. We even kept score. But who was winning and who was losing didn't seem to matter much to either of us. What was important was that our love was strong, and we were both using our best words to let each other know that this was true. <laughs> Remember, Nurse Papa is also a book. Within it, you'll find stories that might just change how you look at life and indeed parenting. Nurse Papa has been my labor of love but it offers much more than my own perspective. You'll learn from the voices of seasoned nurses, some of my young patients, and these patients' parents, each adding their own personal perspective about love, life, death, and learning. Nurse Papa is now available for purchase on Amazon and other bookseller sites. Please consider picking up a copy and, when you're done, leaving a public review on Amazon, Goodreads, or anywhere else where people go to find meaningful books. Thank you so much for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast.